Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great podcasts is about helping Latter-day Saints like you tackle deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping these podcasts alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the programs on this podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber. Or making a donation at mormondiscussions.org. Again, that's Mormon Discussions, plural, with an S on the end, dot org. Donate today and support programs like Mormon Discussion, Radio Free Mormon, Mormon Awakenings, The Mormon Wellness Project, Mormon History Podcast, Marriage on a Tightrope, and others. If these programs benefit you and you want to see these continue, please consider making an annual donation starting today. All donations are tax-exempt inside the United States and go towards keeping the podcast alive. Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great programs. Helping you navigate Mormonism one episode at a time. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we are still married. The, I gotta say, it feels good to be recording again. It does. Does it? For you? It feels well, great for me. In uh, fact, Whose idea was this? As a, it was your idea to record the overall podcast and this specific episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop a cold one. Ah, uh, Passion Fruit LaCroix. Oh, it's so gross. I'm mm. sorry. There are so many other drinks out there that have flavor. Yeah, but this one has no calories. It, uh, I... Or artificial flavors. Crystal Light can do it for you, dude. All right. Well, as you can tell, we're still fighting in our marriage. but um... <laughs> We're together, but we're still fighting. That's right. We, we wanted to release an episode all about uh, supporting each other, because it's been a while since we've given a personal update. Our last episode was really more of a, sorry, we haven't recorded, here's why. This is more of an update on what is going on with us, and then also an invitation that we want to extend to the listeners. There's your teaser. We'll get to that later. Yes, and a few other things. So something that has happened today. I'm kind of riding on a high. Usually I'm low, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yes, I'm prop two. Is that what you're saying? I, no. I usually am, I don't know. I'm up and down, but today was a high. And I want to tell you why. Even though we have not recorded for a while now and it, we haven't really been consistent with episodes, we still. Sorry, Bill. I know, Bill. We're the worst. <laughs> but we still get emails and phone calls and I feel like lately they've been very personal they've been people who know us and have come to us and said hey I started following you on Instagram and and I had no idea what you were going through and oh my gosh I have a story to tell you or um, I got an email today from a guy from high school that I went to high school with and he just said, you're so courageous for voicing your voicing what's going on in your relationship. And it was all so positive what he said. And I haven't even responded to him to say thank you for your kind words. But it meant so much to me. And so lately, Alan and I have been meeting with, talking to... And emailing people who actually already knew us. And that's been really interesting for us. Um, another thing that happened today is I went to lunch with a really good friend who I met through the podcast. And she is just amazing. And we had such a good lunch and just talked about all these things we were going through. And 
you know, it occurred to me, <laughs> I've been like thinking a lot about happiness and, you know, I find a lot of happiness and joy in connecting with others. Mm-hmm. Alan does as well. And, um, you know, just over the past month or so, even with ups and downs that Alan and I have been through, when we connect with each other, when we connect with other people who are struggling, it somehow just brings so much joy and happiness to our lives. And I, my, my daughter brought this, um, paper home in her backpack today and I opened it up and I looked at it and it is exactly what I have been thinking and feeling. Ooh. And it's a quote. This by, is new to me. I don't know this. I know. It's a quote by this Italian architect. Hmm. Um, Bandone. 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 Yeah, I don't know if we're, Sorry, we're murdering any, that. Sorry, from Italy. I'm not trying to stereotype here. <laughs> but um, the quote is, The sincere friends of this world are as shiplights in the stormiest of nights. And I just, I love that. I read it, and it just resonated with me today so much. Because the connections that we've we've made with people have really turned into these really deep friendships with them. You know, when conference was on and there were some really hard things going on there, I had multiple texts from friends from the podcast and close friends who knew what was going on to say, Hey, are you doing okay? What's going on? Tell me how your general conference Sundays have been. And that just means so much to me. And so I just want you all to know that, we may have taken a break from the podcast, but we're still trying to work and help people around us. And um, especially those who we know who have come forward and said, oh my gosh, we listened to your podcast. And and I'm not saying like, <laughs> praise us or anything. I'm just saying it's um, a lot of my fear about returning has just today, it feels like it's dissipated because I realize what a valuable and um, what an asset it is to have a connection with somebody. I just wanted to like, bring you up to speed on, as to why we're even talking about this. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Katie. Um, I, I have a, a few things to say about connecting with others as well. In fact, three recent experiences that um, two, uh, no, all three from the perspective of the, I, we kind of label ourselves the believer and the non-believer, and it's not that black and white, but for this purpose. For this purpose, will, the, the non-believer yeah. on this side, three recent um, communications with people, like you said, that know us in real life. These three people that reached out, uh, reached out because they know me not from the podcast. They were been in wards. I went to college with them, and one of them is a neighbor. And so uh, there's, for the non-believer, there's an, there's an uneasiness that I feel when, when people that I know outside of my immediate ch- ward, right? When they reach out, uh, people that I know from high school, from college, when they reach out and have discovered how I feel now about the church and they want to talk about it, I don't know what the context of those conversations are often. And for a long time, I was very much like a, yes, I just, I want to talk to everyone and, oh, watch this. I'm going to tell them this and that and the other. And, and, um, spoiler alert. And that, that is a, that is a stage that uh, everyone, I think, needs to go through, and, and I've gone through it. And I'm still very happy to get into any of the concerns if people want to talk about it. But now I'm not, I'm not as gung-ho and anxious and passionate 
meaning with emotion behind it and everything like that. Well, uh, a friend from college called me a, a few days ago, and we haven't talked in quite some time. And it was it was a little bit out of the blue type of phone call. So I had a feeling that he wanted to end up talking about the church. And that was the case. But what blindsided me was was that he had been through a similar journey and had gone down the rabbit hole, as they say, and came to a different conclusion than I did. But at no point during the conversation did I feel judged. Did I feel he even said, I completely understand why you have decided the conclusions that you have. I totally get it. It was just a really, really good conversation. But there's that uneasiness at first of, oh, gosh. Uh, another one, the second one, and I'll try to be quick. Cause it's, oh, we're only eight minutes in. Never mind. I'll take my time. Take uh, your time. <laughs> another one was um, a chat on Facebook from a member from a previous ward Katie and I were in. And and she, uh, her her husband and I were in Elders Quorum together. So we were very close. And and um, and she chatted me and, and said, hey, uh, I hope you're doing well. We'd love to catch up with you and Katie and get our families together. Uh, I just, I, w- I want to make a request. Could you exclude me from any Facebook posts that you make um, that go against church teachings? Um, I, I love to follow you and your family. I love to see your kids growing up. It just breaks my heart to see things that you have to say about something that I hold very close. Which this is hard because Alan is, if you're friends with him on Facebook, he posts things, but he does not try to stir the pot usually. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I post things that I'm that I care deeply about, but I try to do so in a way that invites invitation rather than saying this is how it is. If that makes sense, right? It's not antagonistic, right? I'm not publicly out, even though. I'm talking on a podcast that <laughs> even though all of you know is being that we're broadcast to dozens of people across right. mostly Utah. Handfuls, <laughs> handfuls of people. Handfuls. I actually typed a very long response to this friend and ended up deleting it. The response went into things like you have no idea what it feels like and the trauma I've been through and why should I have to be the one to to take action when to protect you? Um, I even went to a few Facebook groups that I'm in that, of people that, that feel similar, similarly to me in my faith journey. And a lot of the people said, if, if I were you, this is what I would put. And it was all like, you can unfollow me, unfriend me if you want. And I don't blame those people for that response. And I had already typed a similar response and I deleted it and I ended up sending the response to her because I realized um, it takes courage to be the one that actually says something. She cared enough about our friendship to reach out and to say something. There's likely people that have unfriended me because of what I've posted. Right. And I would prefer that they reach out to me like she did. And it just took me a little bit to figure out internally. She, what she's saying is, I value your friendship. How can we continue to be friends? Because I don't really want to see everything you have to say about every topic. So rather than say no... I said, sure, <clears throat> no problem. I have a couple of people on a list that <clears throat> when I post things about the church, I post it to everyone except for this group of people. And again, like Katie said, it's hopefully nothing antagonistic, just sharing what my beliefs are now. So I'm glad that it ended up going that route. One thing that is 
important to remember as the non-believer is that a lot of times you have to shatter stereotypes of what characteristics someone that leaves the church is supposed to have. There's a lot of harmful stereotypes that come along with that. You've lost the spirit, the devil's in you, and and uh, you're angry and you can leave the church, but you can't leave it alone. Those types of things, focusing even more on treating people with love, treating people like Christ would, is even more important when you're on the other side of the fence because it, it helps it helps break down some of those walls uh, with with both sides. Anything you would correct on that? No, I, I think you're right. I think it does break down walls when you're kind. And I think that there's always going to be a bias there, no matter what you do, because now that that person knows where you're at, they're always going right. to feel a certain way. But I think in this case, for you to choose the higher ground... And I think the response was, you know, this is this response. The response I have is not really we, like a typable one. This topic this deserves be, face this to face. should be face to face. And they invited us over for dessert. Yeah. So, and so, so we'll I talk. think I think that's, that's when I'll nail her with the doctrinal stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, so I think that it says a lot um, that you are kind back. She was trying to be constructive and kind to you. You were being kind back and now they're they want to get together. So I yeah. I mean I think that there are ways about of going about it. I have nearly deleted my Facebook account. It's, it's deactivated. It's deactivated. Right now, right? Yeah. For ten I, days or for more? Um <laughs> I actually wasn't I didn't actually hear that talk. Yeah, you did it before the talk. Right, I did it before the talk. But truly prophetic of Katie. <laughs> what does that say? Um <laughs> no, I I'm I'm kind of I'm over Facebook. Um honestly, I have a hard time pretending to be someone I'm not and and I um don't ever want anyone to think that our life is perfect. And while I love my children and I love my husband and I, and I do love the life we're trying to create for them, I, I, I understand that that looks different to everybody. And I'm much more sensitive about what I put out and project than I have ever been before. Yeah. And because of that, I just, I have felt like that's not the space for me. Instagram's great because you just post some pictures and you're done and, right. And um, that's how, I mean, that's marriage on a tightrope is through Instagram. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of I'm done with Facebook, probably for that reason, you know, because yeah. you, you, I feel like people say things that they ne would never say to your face, and to me, it's cowardly, and to me, it's it's just not something that I want to be a part of. So anyway, I'll um, step off my pedestal because <laughs> that's I mean. I think Facebook is great. There are great resources. Well, there, there's there, a use. I mean, there's real. There's a use for yeah. it. For me, in this time right now, it's it's not useful. Yeah, I still like participating in some of the support groups that I'm in, and so again, that can both of us can change our use over time. That's our right. The third one, because I, I said there were three interactions. The oh, third one right. was actually a neighbor a few doors down mm -hmm. that uh, has been trying to get a hold of us. Uh, to have us over for dinner or them come over here for dinner and hang out. Uh, they're members of our ward. They know that I'm that I mean, I've, I haven't talked to them specifically, but they know where I'm at. They notice I'm not there all the time. <sighs> Again, difficult 
to wrap your head around as a non-believer, there's a cynicism that comes along with <laughs> where I'm at that the the tendency is to think, why weren't they friends with me before? And why why this and why that? And and the only reason why they're doing this is because they want me to come back. And Katie and I had, what, a three-hour conversation on the couch the other night? Yeah. It was awesome. We like yeah. we reminded each other that we enjoy each other's company and we can just talk. <laughs> we can talk without anything else. Without anything else. Yeah. We, we talked about we had them over for dinner. Our kids played. We ate. We talked. It wasn't awkward. It didn't, didn't feel disingenuous. And I just made the realization of, you know... The people, same thing with my friend with the Facebook message. People are, they're trying. And, and it only comes from a place of love. So for me, I, I'm going to do my best, and I'm not anywhere perfect at this, but I will do my best to not be cynical, particularly where people are putting forth an effort. Yeah. And they are putting forth an effort. And wouldn't you say... Having them for dinner, I mean, I've always thought them as very, very orthodox people. And then we got into this conversation about, just about church, a few church-related topics, and I was pleasantly surprised at some of the responses from them. And I just thought, you know, you think you know someone. And then... And sometimes they surprise you. And, And, you know, I... Yeah, I'm glad that Alan can see that you should just accept someone's effort of, you know, putting forth an effort. And I don't really see, I mean, I feel like people in our ward are awesome. They invite us to date nights. And I mean, I just, I just feel like nobody's doing it for sure a reward. (laughs) I mean, I had another and Katie, Katie was the one that insisted I just cut communication with him. But, uh, there was another member of a former ward that invited me to lunch and happy to go to lunch. And he asked specifically about the concerns I had. And I told him and he said some very inflammatory things to me, both in person. And then afterwards through text text. message of you would have been a member of the mob that killed Joe. I mean, really inflammatory things. So anyway, there's, I just, you know, treat each situation uniquely because some people really, truly do care and other people are a little more rigid, I guess you could say. But I I think that the majority of people have been very, like, cool, calm, collected. Yep, it's been good. I mean, you're going to get the bad with the good, but overall, would you say that it's been okay? Yeah, overall, yeah. I've, it's been good. I yeah. went to I went to lunch a few weeks ago with a former mission president, former stake president, yeah. and clearly we disagree with each other. But he was very respectful, was yeah. and clearly stated he'd love to see me back. And I clearly stated that's going to be tough, but he was very respectful. It didn't end. I have more respect for him going out of the conversation than I did going in. Not that I had disrespect for him beforehand. No. Okay. Should we get to the meat? Not the meat, but... I mean, I think that this is all... The title. This is all leading up to it because we talk about friendships. We talk about support. And we absolutely have friendships and support to help buoy us up, right? But we want to dive into support when it's between you and your spouse, and we have to do that too. I know we got to give them something. That's to what think my about. Facebook groups are for. 
That's why I'm off Facebook. <laughs> we just want to dive right into the topic about supporting one another. And so um, I'll tell my half of the story and then I'll let Alan take over. Tight. So in I, around the end of August, Alan said, hey, you know what? We should go plan a weekend and go somewhere, you know, just get away. And I said, well, in the month of September? And he said, yeah, why not? And I said, you know, Alan, I, I've got like primary program practice every Sunday until the 30th. The 30th was our primary program. And I said, I really need to be there. We like paused and then. Oh, yeah. I didn't I say something along the lines of I feel like you're you're choosing primary over the family or something along those lines. You're choosing the church over the family. Right. Like we, that was your we had talked about getting away before and that was something that was a thumbs up on both sides. And so in the moment when she talked about, well, no, um, uh, that it rubbed me wrong. And I was like, okay, well, you said before that we could do this, and you're choosing a church over family. And so, so that was like a tense moment. And it really took me a couple days to think about what he had said and then come up with some sort of response. And so I sat him down a couple days later and I said, you know, Alan, like, I feel like every single day I give to my family, I am home all day with the kids. I make sure that everybody is out the door. Everyone's happy when they get home. I run everyone to their activities. Like, I serve my family all week long. And something that I just love doing is serving. And specifically serving God. And so, on Sunday, when I'm in primary, I feel like I am fulfilling what I love to do by serving God in in primary. Like, serving God's children. And, you know, September, if it were any other month, it would be fine. But September is so crazy because we've got all these practices going and I just like don't feel like I I can miss it. But October, great, let's go. But it's just this one month. And then... <laughs> Something clicked when, when she explained it. And um, I thought, you know, it's really important that I hear what she values and... And support her in it, not just be okay with it. Like, okay, go off and do your primary service, go ahead, but actually support it. At the time of the conversation, I had actually taken a clean break from going to church altogether. Uh, the whole month of August. The whole month of August. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, we could have a whole episode about that. We probably but should. We probably will. Next episode, <laughs> that conversation that we had out on the patio, I remember, it was quite nice that evening. It made me just rethink, okay, how can I support her in this? For her, it was when she has sharing time, she needs videos downloaded. And I, yeah, because I'm a dummy and I'm like, um, can you please put videos on this thumb drive for me? Thank you. And I just say that I do it more effectively or efficiently than she does. I don't say whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there's times, you know, our youngest is a little brat sometimes and doesn't like to see Katie walking around in primary and him having to sit in his chair. So he likes to go and follow her around and tug on her dress and, hang on her leg and it makes primary very difficult for her. We talked about it and I said, uh, we won't get into the details because some of it had to do with me feeling like I could go back to church for some amount of time. Um, 
I, I, I told her, I'm going to support you in that. It, it would be the non committed spouse thing to do to try to actively devalue something you have value in. It doesn't matter that I disagree with any part of it. It matters that you find value in it. Yeah. And I, I like really appreciated that because I felt like it was unfair to say I was choosing church over family. And, and in reality, I felt like I'm choosing God in this case, I'm choosing God. And to me, that's important. And, and I was really grateful that Alan realized that. And, um, he's been a stud, like primary program. He's handing out the popcorn and, I mean, he's always uh, he's after very... the, not during the like well, in sacrament. It was afterwards. That would, that would have made things a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Pass out popcorn to all the grandparents <laughs> from different wards coming around. Mm. Now let's talk about Katie supporting me. Uh, a few never. weeks, never. A few weeks ago, uh, a, f- a few weeks ago, uh, Sam Young was having his disciplinary council, and it was on a Sunday evening. And they were holding a vigil in Salt Lake City. And this is a Protect LDS Children is a movement I'm very passionate about. And Katie knew that I wanted to go to that vigil and kind of stand with solidarity with Sam, even though he was in Houston at the point. And anyway, we spent a lot of the day on Sunday uh, actually cleaning out my office, my work office that is in my house and getting a new desk and putting it together and clearing out furniture and and. And we're sitting in this office right now. It's so much better than it was before we did this. And we finished after about four hours of work. And it was about 35, 40 minutes before I would have had to leave. And I just looked up at Katie and sitting in this, in the, on the floor on, in the office and, and just said, you know, I'm not going to go. And immediately she said, no, you, you really want to go. You should go. And I said, no. We, you've really helped me today and we wanted to spend more time together as a family today playing games and we've just been wrapped up in this. So I'll bypass that. I won't go to that. And let's just spend the rest of the evening together and play games, watch a movie or whatever we're going to do as a family. So that was, that was a good moment for us. I felt Mm -hmm. Yeah. fast forward a week and now, uh, Sam flew out to Utah to read the results of his disciplinary council. They gave And the a... results are in. <laughs> <laughs> La La Land is the winner. No, wait, sorry. It was Whiplash. Not Whiplash. What was the one? I don't know. S- Moonlight. Moonlight? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, boy. So uh, now, same scenario. You know, it's Sunday. We've uh, Church has happened. We're back home. I decide I, I would like to go uh, be a part of and support Sam while he reads what likely would be his excommunication letter. Uh, Katie was supportive of me doing it. So I did, I went there and he was excommunicated. I came home and I was, well, you describe how I was. I was, I was upset about it. I was disappointed. Yeah. You were disappointed. I would say sad. Yeah. I was sad. I don't think there was any anger. It was just, it was just a disappointing and sad feeling. Yeah, it was. And then later that night we went to bed and, and Katie asked if she could say a prayer. And I said, of course she can say a prayer. And my gosh, that night it was, it was like a half an hour prayer. You, you prayed for every, blade of, all the stops. every blade of grass in our backyard. <laughs> there was a lot of things talked about, but my attention went from 95% to a hundred percent when she, she said we, you know, a prayer for Sam yeah. and for his family yeah. in this hard time. 
and for the Protect the LDS Children movement and help those that are affected by this to to feel closer to to, to you and to uh, you know move forward in faith and and to me that was an olive branch and it was uh it was her way of supporting me and and I felt very heard and very validated in that moment when she prayed about that and I know that God heard that I believe God heard that I don't speak in knowledge anymore I know. So. <laughs> Take that. Just kidding. Yeah. You're tearing up a little bit. Why? No, I I know. I just remember that was a really powerful way to connect was yeah. through that, through prayer. And I meant every word I said. So I think that rather than pointing the finger a lot of times, more and more now, we just look for ways to support one another. And it's hard. It's really hard. When we do it, it feels good. It feels right, and it just helps move things along. Yeah, something relevant to that. Yeah, one of the one of the conversations I've had with listener of of our podcast recently is the concept of you need to have a deliberate conversation surrounding: Are you willing to be with this person, your spouse? From my perspective, from the non-believer, I'll start the question over so you don't have to follow this train of thought, but. For the non-believer, you need to ask yourself, are you willing to be with your spouse given they never, ever leave the church and never feel the way that you do? And the believer has to ask the opposite question. Right. Are you willing are you to willing? be with them happily yeah. when if they never come back? Yeah. If you can both answer yes to that question, which for Katie and I, it was an emphatic yes. No hesitation. No hesitation on either side. It makes it a lot easier to be able to support each other in those things. Right. Because you know that you're both in it. There's no, th your marriage is not being threatened by any of this. It doesn't make things easy. There are still tense moments. Conference weekend was difficult in some moments. We got through it just fine. We know where the commitment lies and we know that we're in it. We're in it forever. Yeah. And just have those open, honest conversations with each other. If you don't know where your spouse stands, Talk about it and do something about it. If if there's a hesitation, if there's a no, go and seek out counseling. Um, do what, whatever it is you can because it just, I mean, where do you go from there if you don't? You don't want that uncertainty. So yeah, communicate with each other again. I think I should get a dollar for every time we say communicate. <laughs> um, we would be hundredaires by now. <laughs> One thing that we also wanted to talk to you all about is where we see the future of this podcast going. I know that we've taken like long breaks and then we've been kind of sporadic and sometimes we're on Instagram, you'll see us on there, post something, and sometimes we'll come up with a, a quick update and pass it along. One thing that is clear to us is that there are so many more of you that have stories that are similar, that are nothing alike, like us. And we feel like this is a great platform for you to be able to share your story. And if that means one a one-time interview, or if that means um, consecutive episodes, that's what we want Marriage on a Tightrope to be. Alan said, you know, there's always going to be someone who will be going through this, and it'll be the first time that they're reaching out to talk to someone. Alan and I have a life, <laughs> and we 
are progressing through it. Right. That's what I can say. We're progressing through it. And I feel like in the beginning, this was really helpful for us because it helped us put our feelings out there. It helped us to connect with others and it helped, um, really it was like a counseling session and it's what's been. And the microphone is our counselor. The microphone is our counselor. And as we've, we've gone on, we have just felt less and less impressed to sit down and record. I think that's because we've been, we've come to a new understanding. I I mean, it's not as raw and as new as it once was. And for that reason, we still want episodes to be made. We still want people to tell their stories and we still want that to carry on. And so for that reason, we would like any of you who would like to be interviewed on our show to share your story to please email us. Um, some of you have our phone numbers. You can text us, whatever you would like to do. Marriage on a tightrope.org. Sorry, that's the website. Marriage, Marriage on a tightrope at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And then also um, on our website or on our Instagram, you can follow us. But uh, we want to be, we want you to be able to tell your story. And we would like for this podcast to continue on in that way. We understand the sensitivity, uh, particularly with the believing spouse, on being public about your story. Most, I shouldn't say most, but many non-believers, that's all they want to do is talk about it. It's this new revelation and viewpoint that they, they're thirsty and hungry to talk about. Well, that's not always the case with the believer. So just so everybody knows, with this invitation comes... Um, Let's talk about any parameters. If you want to to share your story, but you don't want to use your real names, if you mm-hmm. if you don't only want if you don't want to be interviewed by us, but you'll record something yourself and send it over, and we'll edit it and put it up on the feed. The whole purpose of this is we want to ha- provide more consistent content for all the listeners because we see this this platform as a very unique space for for people that. Um, are in a mixed faith marriage, specifically within Mormonism. Yes, I use that term. <laughs> and, and we don't want that content to dry up because like Katie said just a few moments ago, there's always people coming into this space every single week. There's more and more people that find themselves and don't know what to do. And there's not a lot of voices. So if other people can be a voice that are not us, that just further illustrates the point of you're not alone. There are people that are going through this and there are people that's relationships are better because of this. Right. And, and you can not only make it work, but you can thrive in a mixed faith marriage. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people feel like our story resonates with them, but we know that there are other people who have stories that are completely different than ours that will resonate with those listeners. And that's what we want is a variety um, we don't always do it perfectly. We don't do it perfectly. We mm-hmm. do it our way, and our way is not the only way. There are other ways of doing this. And so we would love to give those who want to speak um, a reason and a platform to do it, whether it be one episode, whether it be a series. But I think that the important thing is that there's constant content coming in that others can listen to. It does. This is not limited to people that live close to us in, in Utah. Uh, we have the know-how to help you record if you are outside of our local area and want to share your story. 
uh, but still want us to be involved with an interview of, of some sort, that that is absolutely a, a possibility and likely a probability which will happen. So this doesn't mean that Katie and I are going away from this specific podcast. We have some ideas that we'll flush out and, and talk to you about at a later time or now. She, Katie's giving me a, a look. So what I wanted to say about that is Alan and I, we love podcasting together. I, I think it's clear that like we're compatible. In the, <laughs> well, we are compatible we in the podcast world together. And so we have so much more that we want to talk about and we have to offer about life and family and and love and just so much. There's so much that we have wanted to talk about, but this isn't the right platform. It doesn't quite fit. It doesn't fit because this is about mixed faith marriage marriages and that journey. So we feel like the next step for us in our journey is to have a podcast separate from that. While we can still record updates for you on Marriage on a Tightrope and put out content with interviews and all of that, we kind of want to shift our focus to other things. So that is up and coming. We'll let you know when we get that going. But hopefully you'll want to also join us on the other podcast feed and it'll be more than this. Yeah. Our our first and primary concern is is making sure marriage on a tightrope remains a, a source of, of good information and good support for everyone that's listening. That's all for today. We we really want you to reach out to us, even if you don't want to be interviewed, you just want to introduce yourselves, uh, send us an email, marriage at a tightrope at gmail.com. Oh, I've totally forgot. I have to tell you this. Non-believer, if you're listening to this, don't force the idea of an interview with us on your non-believing spouse. Be very careful about something like that and don't set yourself up to be hurt of, hey, honey, would you like to do this? Why in the world would I ever want to do that? Like, don't just... Be careful about how you present if you want to talk to them about it. If if they've said no to listening to the podcast, they likely are not going to want to be on the podcast. No. So just be just be careful and temper your expectations. Right. Um, I'm glad Alan said that because we have had some really awkward experiences with some with a spouse that was forced to be to be there to talk to us. And it's, it's just, it's awkward. And I just feel bad for the spouse. So please, like both be on board. If you both listen, talk about it. And if it's something you want to do, great. But there is no pressure from us. Absolutely. All right. So follow us on Instagram, marriage on a tightrope. Email us, marriage on a tightrope at gmail.com. You can visit us on marriageonatightrope.org or just go to mormondiscussions.com. Find us there as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. With a breathtaking view Walking a tight road